Welcome one, welcome more, welcome all to a brand new edition of everybody's favorite podcast. Random thoughts and best regards. He used to reside in the 5-2. Now he spends his time at the truly beautiful intersection of smart and stupid. Some call him the handsome one. You know him, you love him. He's the voice of reason, T-O-double-D. Yep. What it do, what it do. That's right. It's another brand new edition of Random Thoughts and Best Regards. And as that lovely young lady Dana just told you, my name is T-O-double-D, and I'm glad that you could join us this week. Hey, it's the month of June. I am excited. Let's go. Got a great episode for you this week. Coming up in just a little bit, our good friends, Marvin and Ricardo, are going to join us, and we're going to talk about the NBA Finals. Game one in the books between the Golden State Warriors and the Boston Celtics. We will go ahead and break down game one and give you our thoughts of the finals and what direction it is headed in. So that should be exciting and fun. And then a little bit later on in the show, for the second week in a row, we're going to talk some Obi-Wan Kenobi, the Disney Plus series, because I've got notes. I've got notes. I'm trying really hard to like it, but after this week's episode, episode three, I've got notes, and I need to talk to somebody about it, so we're going to do that in just a little bit, Um, but at the top here, something kind of cool, I find this cool, you may not find this as cool, but I find it pretty cool, Uh, I think I mentioned from time to time on this show that one of my guilty pleasure movies is Mall Cop, which came out in 2009, starring Kevin James as the lovable mall security guard Paul Blart. Um, Again, I don't know why, I just, I really like this movie. It resonates with me, it's it's, like I said, it's my always one of my my guilty pleasure movies that that I have to watch, um, that other people might be like, oh, it's terrible, it's horrible, it stinks, love it, absolutely love it. so much so that my love for Mall Cop has rubbed off on my son, Jonah. But the funny part is, I like Mall Cop, the original, which came out in 2009. There is a sequel, Mall Cop 2, which came out in 2015. Don't like that one so much, uh, if I'm being honest. But, and I guess this is funny, right? I guess this is sort of karma, because I like the original Mall Cop, my son really likes Mall Cop 2. And 70% of the time, he will ask me to watch Mall Cop 2 instead of Mall Cop, the original. So, everybody's like, all right, Todd, where are you going with this? Uh, School's out, my son's on vacation, and he recently took a trip with his mom uh, to... uh, Nevada and to Arizona so he got to see the Hoover Dam got to see uh, the Grand Canyon very excited about that he was really stoked about that he was really looking forward to the Grand Canyon had a great time there Um, but the other thing that was very high on Jonah's list was the fact that they were going to be spending some time in Las Vegas and 
he had made it an absolute priority. God, I love this kid so much. He had to, absolutely had to, go to the Wynn Hotel in Las Vegas, Nevada, because he wanted to see everywhere that Mall Cop 2 was shot in that hotel. For those of you who don't know, Mall Cop 2 picks up from the original six years after uh, Paul Blart saved the day at his beloved New Jersey shopping mall. Paul takes a much needed vacation uh, and heads to a security convention in Las Vegas. This film is largely shot and based out of the Wynn Hotel in Las Vegas. My son was very aware of this and it was a must-see for him. Uh, this Paul Blart or Mall Cop 2 was the first film ever shot on site uh, with Steve Wynn's permission uh, at the Wynn Hotel. Uh, the Wynn Hotel had opened in 2005, um, so about 10 years later, Steve Wynn had given permission uh, for the first film to ever be shot there, and that was Mall Cop 2. Um, so, anyway, uh, my son went to the Wynn Hotel. He got to go all around the hotel and, and got to check out uh, some of the sites and, and got to walk some of the hallways uh, and some of the different places. Uh, he took plenty of pictures. He was just so excited uh, that he was able to go into the hotel where Mall Cop 2 was shot. Uh, it, it just, it really, I, I, you think I'm kidding, I'm really not. It made his trip. Like, going to the Wynn Hotel and seeing where Mall Cop 2 was filmed was just as high on Jonah's list as seeing the Grand Canyon. Um, so the Grand Canyon was very high on his list. What I'm trying to stress here is that going to the Wynn Hotel to see where Mall Cop 2 was filmed was just as equally high on his list. That's how much he loves this film. Uh, and again, I am completely cognizant of the fact that a large part of this is probably because of me and my love for the original Mall Cop, it being one of my guilty pleasure movies, um, it has uh, it it has gone been passed on to my son now, uh, and and his love for Mall Cop too. But I kind of thought, you know, kind of cool for him though, right? Like I was kind of happy for him. I mean, again, he loves this movie so much, and I thought he got a really cool opportunity by going to see where it was actually filmed and, and got to walk. Um, through where, where some of the scenes were. And, uh, you know, he was really excited. Like I said, he got some great photos. Uh, and it's memories that, that he'll be able to, to cherish forever. So good for him. I was excited for Jonah. I thought this was a cool story. I thought I would share it with you guys. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, maybe you didn't enjoy it as much as I enjoyed it. But, you know what? I figured I would share it. Um, but again, just a, just a good time. He had a great time. And, um, you know, if you haven't seen Mall Cop, check it out. Two, Mall Cop 1, Mall Cop 2, check them out. Um, other than that, like I said, we got a great show coming up for you. Don't want to waste any more time, to be honest with you. I want to get in uh, to some finals talk with Marvin and Ricardo. So we are going to do that here in uh, just a matter of seconds. So stick and stay. Don't go anywhere. Random thoughts and best regards. We'll be right back in just a short, short. Hi, this is Matt Farragher. You might remember me from your visit to Epcot Center circa 2000, 2001. I like to talk with you about my favorite brand of vegetarian chili, but first, let me tell you about my favorite podcast hosted by someone named Todd. 
You're listening to Random Thoughts and Best Regards, available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and more. Go listen and laugh. Right now on Random Thoughts and Best Regards, let's go ahead and hit the hardwood and talk about the NBA Finals. And of course, it would not be fair to bring these gentlemen or to not let these gentlemen have their say since we heard from Shintu and Terrence last week. Let's go ahead and bring in the other half of the team. Ladies and gentlemen, please, a warm round of applause for your favorites, Ricardo and Marvin. Welcome to the show. Hello, thank gentlemen. you. Thank you. Hello. It is. It is. Hello, it is good to have you guys here. It's good game, to be here. It is a game, pleasure. Yep, game game one in the books. Start there for we got the NBA final last night. Western Conference, Boston Celtics out of the Eastern Conference. Um, to the credit of Shintu and Terrence, they both predicted this matchup i was kind of torn and while i didn't give a prediction i'll admit i was hedging a little bit more towards my that um so uh um that's talking about a little bit off the air Uh, some of us on this call maybe not named ricardo might have had to adjust our notes this morning um but the result of that game is Boston going into, uh, we'll call it San Francisco, because that's what it is now. Uh, go the chase. One. To one away in, uh, in a game that, uh, if you watch the first quarter, why they tend to watch the whole game, right? I didn't necessarily fourth quarter, but it did. Um, there's a lot to go in here. To go into here. Um, so we'll just start here. Uh, I'll go to each of you first uh, before I... Breakdowns and everything else. Uh, start with Marvin. Marvin, what was your takeaway from game one between Boston and Golden State? I, I, I didn't realize. I knew Boston was athletic, but they're young for one. They look super young against the Golden mm-hmm. State. But how athletic Tatum, Brown, even Marcus Smart, how athletic they mm-hmm. look compared to uh, Golden State Warriors. It could have been a layoff. I think, you know, they were out for, what, seven to ten days before mm-hmm. they played Boston. So maybe it was a little bit of rust when the fourth quarter hit, they were tired. But I just thought Boston just looked way more superior athletically. Mm-hmm. That's my biggest uh, take. They were way more aggressive. Yep. Uh nice game. Um, I think the bigger overarching storyline is not who wins, but the narrative that's crafted between these two teams. Meaning, if the Celtics lose, or who's who's going to get blamed? Most mm-hmm. likely, the number one guy they'll blame is Jalen Brown if he doesn't perform, right? I think that's probably the guy on the hottest seat, right? Because Tatum last night was able to not perform and still get 13 mm-hmm. assists and People are like, well, he was passing because he was double teamed. Well, that narrative can change depending on who gets to tell it. Sure. You see Draymond Green with Kevin Durant currently, right? Like, <laughs> right? Kevin Durant has found out that the add water to the pancake mix isn't what the fans wanted. They 
are still penalizing him for his performance with the Warriors. And Draymond's leading that cheerleading line to say, well, you didn't, it wasn't you, it was us, mm -hmm. right? So I think this is going to be really interesting. And then for the Warriors, I think Curry could move into that platitude where he's like the man, right? Mm -hmm. Like this would be defining for him if he wins the series. So those are the two things I'm really interested in. Who gets to be the dog and who gets to be the victor? depending mm -hmm. on the results um so one thing that that jumped out to me uh, again great great first half or first quarter for golden state and and we'll talk about that but one thing that i noticed right away too and i i, I this did not surprise me i i knew this was coming but um golden state is not playing dallas uh, Golden State is playing in Boston now, which is very to me is is very different. And I think sometimes that's that's a little bit of what happens in the Western Conference, right? Like you see, for instance, Dallas. To Marvin's point, Golden State had a had a long rest because they were able to plow through Dallas, who played absolutely no defense and made no adjustments. And right away last night, very early. Um, you saw Boston start to make those adjustments, and you saw Boston start to get more physical. Uh, uh, Golden State a little, little bit more now. It took a while, and they most certainly did lose Steph Curry many, many times. Uh, almost a shocking amount of times. The fact that they they lost him, but then they finally did decide to settle back more on defense. The one thing I was really impressed with, and I was like, well, clearly this isn't Dallas anymore. Was as soon the the very first time that Golden State went to a zone, and I think it may have been even Jalen Brown pulled it back out, and and the Boston immediately went into almost a four corners setup, and and was able to to get through. Uh, and score on it. Um, so I think uh, I think that may have caught Golden State a little off guard. Maybe not, but I, I think again, Dallas really didn't do anything to challenge them in that series. Maybe, especially after having such a hot first quarter, Boston adjusted and started doing some different things. I, I think it might have thrown the Warriors a little bit. Maybe I'm wrong there, but let's look. Let, let's talk a little bit now. Um, we had uh, Jason Tatum for the Celtics, 12 points, 13 assists, as Ricardo, you mentioned. Um, and then I would say probably maybe the surprise, um, but definitely helped. You had Al Horford uh, with 26 points uh, and then Jalen Brown with 24 points. Uh, on the other side of the coin for Golden State, you had Wiggins with 20, uh, Steph with 34, uh, Clay with 15, and what I think is key, and, and the guy who I think they're going to need more out of in this series, uh, and we've temporarily lost Marvin. I'm sure he'll jump back in here, Rick. But uh, Draymond Green with only four points, he's going to have to do more in this series offensively. I think. Um, I realize there's a lot of other people that are the first, second, and third option there in in Golden State, but I think if Horford's going to be having 26 point games, um, I think we're going to need to see more offensive output out of Draymond Green as well um golden state known for the three-pointers right well yeah um, 41 last night uh where uh golden state was 19 out of 45 for 42 percent uh seth curry you talked about the uh or excuse me steph curry uh you talked about the potential of moving to that next plateau rick uh 21 points in the first quarter uh, was the highest uh, scoring total in an NBA final since 1993. Had 22 against the Suns. Um, 
and the Celtics lost him a few times. Um, talk to me just a little bit uh, about Curry for a second, because we listen. We've all we've all played. To play the game, none of us have played it at the level that they're playing. Um, but one thing that continually amazed me last night, even in defeat, um, is Curry makes the game look effortless. And and it's amazing that at that level, I mean, he's not playing like last night. He wasn't playing the Sacramento Kings. He was he was playing the Boston Celtics. Um, and he just makes it look so effortless. And I know we grew up, we watched you know Magic Johnson, James Worthy, Isaiah Thomas, you know, guys who made the game look effortless. But it's just amazing that all the types of things he can do. But just his conditioning and the ease. I mean, it looked like at times last night it looked like you know. Globetrotters against the Generals. Um, do you guys notice how? I mean, it it, it looks. He makes it look easy, right? Yeah. At times. So Curry, I mean, fan favorite. All the young kids love him. He's an incredible role model as an athlete. But he's got to win the series, Todd. Like, <laughs> you I can't. He has zero excuses, right? Especially mm-hmm. if we're gonna give. Kevin Durant the demotion for the, the the two other championships. Yep, he's got to win this, and he's got to win it when it finals MVP level. Yeah, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. This can't be Clay getting hot for three games. Yeah, and Wiggins stealing one for them. Yep, in and a fourth win. I I put this right on his legacy. We, this... we always put legacy type level performances against LeBron. And we do it with Harden, and we do it with Durant, and we've done it with, you know, Michael when he had to prove it against the Pistons. This is Curry time to mm-hmm. show that if he's going to step into that le- that level of player that we believe he is, I think mm-hmm. we all do. He's got to win this series. This is this is like when Miami played the Thunder, right? Like this, mm-hmm. Celtics are young, just like Marvin said, they're athletic, right? And there's that hey, Jalen Brown played with Tatum should we trade this guy mm-hmm. that storyline in the background curry needs to finish these guys and to lose game one at home mm-hmm. inexcusable i i agree i agree he, he, yeah. he missed all the op he missed a couple open threes he they kind of started playing they started panicking which was kind of weird because don't say usually mm-hmm. usually doesn't panic i will say this also and your coach gotta help you a little bit too i don't know we can get on this later but I think Andre Iguodala, him coming in, changed the complexity of the the, the, the way they played as well. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm not sure he needed to be in that game. Well, with Rick, though, whoever you put in the game, this, this is his, his time to see if if he can truly put himself in, in, into the elite mode. We're talking about how he might be taking Magic Johnson's place. Now, now, now if you don't win this series. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and I agree. He's got to win the... Again... When you talk, right, we're talking about legacy and we're talking about the things that define you. Uh, when you, again, you have 21 points in the first quarter. So you, you have, you know, uh, we haven't seen a game like that in the NBA Finals since 1993. You score 34 points. You shouldn't, in theory, you shouldn't wind up on the losing end of a game, especially when Jason Tatum, the star guy on the other side, only has 12 points. Uh, again, you, you're going to... Yeah, and you're going to expect Jalen Brown to get points. But again, I, I think the key to last night is just because, to be honest, I didn't even realize it. But when I looked at the stat, I knew Horford had a good game, but I didn't realize it was a 26-point like, good game. Like, I didn't realize that's that's To me, that's a high output for him. 
Oh, that's a lot. Yeah, and that's on Draymond Green. I'm like, Lord, are you gonna are you gonna touch the man? Mm-hmm. You gonna let him do what he wants? He's playing five on. Yep. Like he didn't play defense, which is kind of surprising. Yeah. And and to your point, Marvin, I don't know if you dropped out earlier when I was saying, but I, I was saying to Rick, with, with only four points on on both ends of the floor, I feel like they're talking about Curry and Thompson and Wiggins as your offensive, you know, those are the guys you're going to be looking at point totals for, but you got to get more than just four points out of Draymond Green, and you got to get more out of defensively. Yeah, yeah. so the, my, my problem with Green is he cost them that 2016 championship, mm-hmm. right? We, we feel like if he doesn't get suspended, they win that series. I think mm-hmm. most people think that, right? And then this time, he's distracted, he's talking in the media constantly, He's goading the other team. If you see him after the last night, he says, oh, they're not going to shoot like that again, right? We've been, you know, we've been prepared for this. We, we know how to handle this kind of barrage of a, a comeback, right? He's the mouthpiece or the ego in that locker room, but he better back it up. He can't come out and give us four points. That's not possible mm-hmm. what he thinks is going to sell for the series, right? So I, like I think... That, the old Fort Lakers, when they were getting beat by Pistons, they thought they can turn it around and turn it on, and all of a sudden now they lost four one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. an analogy, yes, sir. Yeah, and I mean they have to now. Golden State has put themselves in a situation where, and again, you know, I, I know we we look for drama and we look for theater, right, in our sports and our podcasts and things of that nature. We look at talking points, but I mean they really have kind of put them. I mean they have to win this next home game. Like they they've kind of put themselves in a very early must-win situation this series is not lost by any means like i said we can dig into later how boston has not performed well in in, in the garden but um but they have to like they they can't drop two games like to me they can't drop two games to to boston so now they have to wait which i i I, the nba kills me with their scheduling now we have to wait uh till sunday for, for game two, which is being played in the same city. There's no right. travel involved. Uh, and we have to wait two days, uh, three days uh, for, for a game. Um, so that kills me. So they will have time to adjust. But, you know, to your point, like with Draymond talking and saying, you know, they can't continue to shoot like this. Uh, I'm, you know, I, I watch and I watch the highlights again. And, and, and I, Boston moves the ball really well. Uh, and I'm not so sure that Golden State was prepared so Golden Boston almost moves the ball on a Golden State level, uh, and I'm not so guy. sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm not so sure that Golden State was truly prepared for that, or really thought that anybody could do it like they do it. Um, so I think it's easy to say they can't continue to shoot like that. But to be honest, if they're moving the ball the way they do, you, you, that might be something that that's going to be a problematic for you. Like it yeah, might not have Boston, just been a good shooting night. But Boston also can can also they got two one-on-one players as well mm-hmm. Jalen Brown and Tatum also can hold the ball so not only you got to defend them or moving the ball out also got two guys six seven six eight guys they can get their shot anytime they can go one-on-one if they need to and they're down the stretch with what Jalen Brown did yep but I do tend to agree <laughs> that if you're going to tell me Harford is going to be six or eight from three Smart's going to be four from seven from three mm-hmm. and then Derek White's gonna be five of eight from three. That they're that's gonna repeat. I probably say it's not gonna repeat. I agree. Right? With they you. might do it at home, but there's game two. Woo, baby. I agree with you on. 
the thing too that they have so so that might not happen but you know what could very well happen rick tatum could have a big game which we didn't see last night so that you know what i'm saying you guys said like you can't Mm -hmm. give away a game where tatum is a no-show essentially and then remember clay only had 15 so clay would probably play better in game two Mm -hmm. as well he'll play better curry i mean 34 points can't get any more better can't get any better Mm -hmm. than that and, I'll, and maybe Wiggins, can we get him to make a layup or two? <laughs> <laughs> the man gets no breaks. The man's he, playing he, for the chip, and he gets no breaks. He, he had he, he he had twenty points. Um, but again, too, I I will think he so right. He's gonna have to. Again, you don't when you're playing, you're not actively checking stat lines. I get that, but the, he's gonna. You know, we're gonna look to. We're gonna look to the the Thompsons and the Wiggins of the world to keep pace with Jalen Brown and those. You know what I mean? So like, they're they're gonna have to cancel. They're they're gonna have to work on you know kind of canceling uh, other people out. And to your point, I mean, you got to hit if you're Wiggins, you've got to hit the the easy baskets, the slashing baskets, the putbacks, which they were able. Again, he shined in that Dallas series because it was Dallas, and you know they let him them get away with what they wanted again i think that might have caught boston off guard i think that might have caught golden state off guard a little bit uh in game one i i think i again maybe the layoff maybe not maybe it's overconfidence or whatever but i i think i think they quickly um they quickly realized they might be in for a little bit of a battle because let's be honest denver not a great defensive team who who golden state played in the first round I don't have. Who does anybody off the top of their head know who they played in the second round? Memphis. Memphis. Number Not really known three. for their defense yeah. either. <laughs> Number three rated this year. Yeah, true, true. Better of, of the yes of the teams they faced, definitely the better defense. Um, and then Dallas, which again played no defense. So I, I don't know. And I, I mean, it's it, it's it's going to be interesting. Um, I I think. I think a lot is gonna is gonna ride on on, on Steph's shoulders as we've well documented so far. Um, but again, it's weird too because right. I mean, we look at it statistically, and you, even if you just look at watch the highlights, you think, oh, he had a bad night. Well, he really didn't. Like he had thirty four points down the stretch, not so much. Um, but you can't have a fourth quarter if you're the Golden State Warriors too at home. You can't have a fourth quarter. Again, you're the Golden State Warriors. You're 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 known. You can't output what was it, 13 points in the fourth quarter, I think. Like, yeah. it was some abysmal number. I think Jordan Poole would play a lot better, too. He was two for nine or two for seven or something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, so I think Mar- Marvin said that the coaching is going to come into play. Both guys are playing essentially seven guys, and Iguodala is one of the seven. <laughs> like, yeah. Maybe would, we need to fix that, right? We probably yeah, need to fix that. Jerry Jr. because he can play. He, he was he's a younger defender. He was yeah. EMP last guy. night, Marvin. He didn't even... He was me. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't even see the court. Right? So... Yeah, I think that was a flaw. I think he kind of... Because Andre did come and hit a three, so he's probably like, oh, hit a big three maybe. But after that, he had two straight turnovers. And he was a matter of the defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that this is not a typical Warrior. Warriors up that big usually front run that's when clay makes mm-hmm. all the shots that's where the, the bench makes their shots yeah so it was shocking to see like i was watching the highlights and i was like no this can't be jalen brown scored like forever like just 
all the way back. Well, I was like, there's no adjustment, like none. Yeah, but but think about this too, Rick. To your point, right? So, so what happens, right? When the Warriors start hot like that, and and it starts, it's like an avalanche, right? So what happens is normally, let's say, the catalyst is is Steph, right? He he starts hitting threes, and then they start guarding him a little bit tighter, and he starts doing his thing with passing the ball, and other people start going in. Well, to me, as crazy as this sounds, right? He was going off last night, and then they kept losing him. So he didn't need to pass it to get anybody going because the Celtics were letting him hit wide open threes. Um, and then again, you know, after a while they adjusted. But um, it, I think you know, normally, I think maybe had had they maybe initially had they pulled up and not lost uh, Steph a few times, maybe he would have dished the ball off, and 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 there would have been some higher point totals for. For Wigan and Thompson, I mean, I, I guess it doesn't matter as long as the ball's going in. It doesn't matter who puts it in. But um, I think it's it's interesting. I wanna I wanna get your guys' take on this, and and we can talk more about the game. But I I saw this. It was in the sporting news. I laughed. I said, "Oh, I I'm gonna gonna share this with." As I was reading it, especially once I got to certain points, I could almost hear Rick's laughter. So I want to see if I'm accurate in this. Um, but the smart sporting news had the top 15 players between the Celtics and the Warriors. Um, so I wanted to go ahead and, and, and go over with you guys. And I'm, I'm going to start from the bottom. Uh, number 15 is Peyton Pritchard from the Celtics. Number 14 is Otto Porter Jr. from the Warriors. Number uh, 13 is Derek White from the Celtics. Number 12 is Kevin Looney from the Golden State Warriors. Uh, 11, Grant Williams, Celtics. Uh, 10, Jordan Poole, Warriors. 9, Andrew Wiggins, Warriors. 8, Robert Williams, Celtics. 7, Clay Thompson, <laughs> Golden State Warriors. 6, Al Horford, Celtics. 5, Marcus Smart, Celtics. 4, Draymond Green, Warriors. 3, Jalen Brown, Celtics. 2, Jason Tatum, Celtics. And number 1, Steph Curry. Uh, you guys take any objections to any of that, or you think it's all pretty much spot on? I would think the wing players would come before the big men because the big men aren't offensive big men. Mm -hmm. You don't get the Joker or Embiid or somebody in that group, mm -hmm. right? So I would think it, I would reorder it with the I would go Seth, Tatum, Clay, Jalen, split the four that way, mm -hmm. and then I would have to say Wiggins, mm -hmm. then you start to put the other guys in so then i would go wiggins dream on i was amazed i'll be honest i was amazed Art, at right? how high thinking, right they had draymond marcus smart and al horford yeah like because, al horford is way this is not al horford atlanta this is al horford grandpa like this is not the same. There because he's second team defense and then of course marcus smart's your first team you know first team right defenders. yeah yeah they're thinking his defense offset his the thing about mark he can but his defense definitely carries his is 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 what's making him money in the league. Mm -hmm. He's had an amazing career, Marvin. To think about Marcus Smart, remember the incident at Oklahoma State, right? That was mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I mean, he was supposed to be like a really great point guard offensively. Well, Rick, right? and, and that, he's made his name being a defensive player. But Rick, this is the funny thing about that, right? So again a little different insight right this is the funny thing about even this this finals right marvin right we we've been marcus smart and andrew wiggins we, we've been dealing with this for a while in our lives yeah. like these these two go go way back um he swept us too. That, 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 that old stuff. 
Yep. Yep. Um, so to your point, he's had a really, um, he, again, he, there, there was, you know, issues at, at Golden's, uh, excuse me, at, uh, Oklahoma state got kind of off to, to a, a rocky start, but has really sustained his NBA career. Like I have to give Marcus smart that he's really found a niche and a space in, in Boston. And he's really sustained a nice NBA career. I mean, to the point now where he's, you know, he's, he's playing in the finals uh, against somebody that, you know, he battled with in college as well. Uh, you know, talk about hanging on and, and sustaining a career, Andrew Wiggins as well now uh, in the finals for Golden State. So kind of, kind of uh, a rocky start to their careers, but. Uh, he, he bring a lot. He's, he's a great leader. I mean, just listen to him last night, the way he was just telling guys how to defend this team versus what they mm-hmm. played last, last round, uh, telling the bigs, come on up, let's chase we're chasing the shooters, not not uh you know going on the screen. We're just chasing around the screen. Mm-hmm. So those things like that is leadership. And he got you know hit a couple of threes doesn't hurt, right? So timely timely shots. Yeah, the interesting part though is you look back at this Warriors team, right? So they they win their first one in fifteen. They lose the Cavs in sixteen. Then they go back to back. So but. The, the small forward is the guy that's been changing. So it was Harrison Barnes, mm-hmm. right? Then we get Durant, which made them overpowered, right? It, it was like the cheat code, mm-hmm. right? Because he could just be he could just be super. Yeah. And then they lose. The times they've lost is to uh, LeBron, Kyrie, mm-hmm. last second shot. They get Durant hurt, rushing him back, I think, and lose to Toronto. Yep. Right. And then Clay gets hurt. So that breaks the sequence. And then they add Wiggins as the new small forward in the mix. Who's, I mean, he's, he's the perfect Robin, right? Like, I think that's what you guys always call yeah. him. Yeah. Right? Because he can be quiet and he's got superstars. He doesn't have to lead. He can do whatever he needs to do. It'll be interesting because it, it would be the narrative defining for the franchise if they win with three different small forwards. And it would make the Draymond's argument about Kevin Durant so, possibly uh, correct. And again, that was, a, that was a large part of what Shinti was talking about last week, right? With, with the This is, this is going to be a huge series because it could define culture and, and pro you know for for both boston and and but definitely for golden state it could potentially you know you can you can have the right to say well it's you know it's the golden state way of of doing things not for not versus you know um the superstars and and, and things of you know like that so but it's crazy right like i don't know i i guess we realize it but again we've we've been through just in life in general we've been through a lot in, in the last few years right but it this is um what was it six of is this the six of of eight right six of the last eight years golden state has been in the finals um and it's been two years right since they've been back but it seems like i don't know to me it seemed like it's been longer than it's like it really it's only been two years that they have been in the finals um it is kind of it is kind of crazy how quickly they and i mean i get it they have they have one they do have one of the highest salary cap and luxury taxes and and everything else in the league but They've retooled really quickly. I mean, when you consider losing a marquee player again, and I realize you still have that core of Clay, Seth, and Draymond, and you've battled, you know, through the injuries and everything. But when you lose a marquee player like Kevin Durant, you know, franchise-defining player, um, that's a pretty quick turnaround to be right back in the finals. It does say something. I mean, again, a lot of talent there. Nobody's saying the cupboard was left bare, but it's a really quick rebuild for them. Well, I think or retooling, retooling, I should say. Well, it worked because Kevin Durant was never going to win. Listen, I'm I'm a big 
Harden, Durant, Westbrook guys, right? But these guys separate of each other and with each other weren't going to win, mm-hmm. right? They've proven that. These guys are top 75 players and they can't do it. So Durant's the greatest thing trick he pulled was going to Golden State. And yeah. then we were like, oh, well, he's a he's a chip guy. He, mm-hmm. He's a bus driver. No, he's not. He's a passenger. Yeah. <laughs> right? like, I mean, being honest, this guy's a passenger, right? He's mm-hmm. not mentally tough enough. He, he, we gave him a super team in Brooklyn. He let that thing dissolve into nothing. Mm-hmm. He gets to ride the Golden State way. And Seth and Clay's and Draymond's shoulder to propel his career. It's the opposite, right? Like, I don't think it's the opposite, like, mm-hmm. right? Because I think you were saying, like, hey, he helped define a franchise. Eh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, and it's not just, it's not, you so, know, we, we talk, obviously, Wiggins gets a lot of uh, spotlight, uh, and even, you know, more so on, on this show because of the ties to Kansas and everything else. But also, you got to give them credit. I mean, Jordan Poole, it's been huge for them. Uh, Otto Porter Jr. has had big moments for them, so they've they've done a good job. Of, it's not just like it's not just like they went and got Wig. You know what I'm saying? Like they had the three, and then it's not like they just went and got Wig. And there's been other players who have they've done a, a very good job of scouting out and developing talent and and keeping this machine moving. Yeah, for sure. No, they've done a good job, and then Boston equally as well, right? Yes. Out. Now, now this is the problem, though, right? This is the classic. Hey, we got to the finals. Is Jalen Brown going to be in, you know, Yeezy boots next year? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, right? Like this, this could go off the rails if you can't control yeah. the young stars who are yeah. equally as talented in in some ways, right? Is Jalen Brown going to be okay getting all the criticism? Mm-hmm. Why Tatum gets all the glory in in Boston? That's mm-hmm. a tough place to be mentally. Are you thinking Jalen Brown might leave Boston? Well, I think the pressure, right? Like. Meaning, Marvin, if, if they lose, I feel like the media and the fans will blame Jalen way more than it would ever blame Tatum. Yeah, I, I think that's know, fair. Yeah, because Jalen Brown would, would be criticized because he's he's always taking that ill-advised shot or trying to make that ill-advised drive. He did that against Miami, right? He kept taking bad shots or kept turning the ball over trying to drive, mm-hmm. and I can see him doing that in a game six or seven and. Not necessarily cost him the game, but you can pinpoint that as as a factor in the in the loss, right? And he does, but now, yeah, can he handle the pressure? He seems like a pretty tough kid, though. He does, but that signing with with yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah we could we can already start to question like like, like, like I told you guys the other day. I sent the text. I was like, "This is a bad omen." Uh, it's gonna be like Kyrie, you know. It's gonna be like Kyrie Irving because you know Kanye's like that. He just yes spat stuff out of nowhere, right? And just does just random stuff that's not that doesn't fit with <laughs> what should be happening like Kyrie doing hey anybody looking like he then he then Kyrie Irvin text um uh, Osaka and say hey are, are you guys hiring over there or something like that <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you doing um but if if Boston can pull this off uh, and and it, it definitely after last night seems that it, you know it's definitely within the realm of possibility. They certainly have the tools and the talent to do it. Um, again, you you know you have Jalen Brown, but as to to Rick's point, uh, Jason Tatum's going to get a lot of the press, especially if he continues to have bigger games throughout this series. Um, and you know we we talked about it um, on last week's show. Uh, 
how it seemed like for a little while he he was on a fast track and then and got derailed a little bit and and but now the Celtics are sort of where they need to be um but is this the is is this the ignition to the to the jet pack the rocket pack on on his back and do we see him go to another level i use this comparison uh with with some friends today you know there's a lot of people who don't remember the early years of uh Steph Curry's NBA career. They don't remember the the first 3 or 4 years where Warriors weren't really that good. They don't remember that year where Mark Jackson was the head coach. They made it to the first round of the playoffs, got eliminated. Um I see some similarities there. Again, two different players, but I see some similarities there with Jason Taylor uh, Jason Tatum's career um and now he finds himself in the finals for the first time um and he's got the opportunity to become quite possibly maybe i know we're putting a lot there early they still haven't gotten out of this series but there are some people who think perhaps he could become the face of the league over the next few years this this definitely will be a can be a career defining moment for him if he can lead this team to an nba finals but i think he's ready for the type of pressure and can handle being the face of the of the league Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course like I said this game is one game and Golden State are savvy they're veterans and they can mm-hmm. and like in in Boston is jack on the high right they'll yep. they'll look great yesterday and then come out Sunday and go you know go uh Tatum might score 30 but then Marcus Smart has two Jalen Brown has 15 out yeah. it's that he 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 remembers he's old and he he'll go 3 for 11 right so, yeah <laughs> and then White would would be he'll act like San Antonio. <laughs> 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 he's not in San Antonio anymore. So right, you know, it's he's Jack on the high. So which so yeah, they still got a long ways to go, but if they can pull it off, you know, Jason Tatum might be the new Steph Curry of the league. I think the the, the we talked about it earlier. Um one thing that does concern me and again, going I I know there's talent on Boston that I could almost say, okay, this this player might cancel this player out like I, i know they have the talent to compete with golden state but the one thing uh, and and the one thing that at the time was again i talked about it earlier i believe lost her in smiley at home and and throughout the course of the year they were not really that good uh in td whatever it's called now td center whatever whatever um but really have have not played that well at home um again new series so they might turn it around um but i think they they'll clearly have to do a better game at home i mean i think you have to feel good right if if i mean if you're the head coach and and if you're that Celtics locker room you got to feel great i think i saw a stat last night that uh the Celtics roster had zero uh finals games or finals appearances and the uh Golden State roster had 123 finals appearances. Um so, you know, to go in and to get game 1, let's not let's not uh kind of underestimate or devalue what Boston did last night. I again, it's really early and it's hard to say that game 1 changes a series. Uh it's almost kind of absurd to say that. That that was pretty big what they did last night. No, it was special. Like listen, so let's game it out. I I thought Warriors in 6 I haven't adjusted. That's why I think that's why I said it. I was like mm-hmm. a law I I expect them to lose twice. It doesn't matter to me yeah. when and where they lose those two games. Mm-hmm. But this is special like so if Boston 
let's say they get blow out and blown out in game two, they go home. They mm-hmm. gotta win. The prop the problem is the pressure shifts, right? Now to game yeah. three, they've got to win. Mm-hmm. Because then it becomes like, oh man, we're are we're down two one, so game one really didn't matter. Mm-hmm. Right? But usually you want to flip it and get a game on the road and then it's, that's when they say the series begins. Yeah. But when you're the underdog, it's like, okay, now you got a whole serve mm-hmm. against a really good team that knows how to travel. Like you just said, 123 to, to zero. Mm-hmm. It's now 124 to one. Right? Yeah, 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 right? yeah, so, yeah. So they still have the upper hand. The number doesn't reset at some point. And yeah. So yeah, I want, I got to see them whole serve at home. And so it's not just go back, you know, lose game two and you could, then you got to go in game three and four to have a fighting chance. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah I think what they did was really take the pressure down off themselves. If I'm Boston, for them, you know? yeah, if I'm Boston, usually teams, usually teams, all teams do the veteran teams do it too. They'll win, they'll still game one, and game two they they'll just take off. If I'm Boston and the coaching staff, I say let's just give everything we we have in game two and put the pressure on Golden State mm-hmm. to unfold. Because you go up 2-0, damn it, that puts a lot of pressure on go on Golden State to try to go win, just win one first in Boston. But try to get two in Boston. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Throw everything you got it on Sunday. Don't just oh well, we already got one. We, we, we'll take it back home. That's not guaranteed. That's what. Don't give that, them momentum. Mm-hmm. That's why I I feel it's weird. Like I again, I I didn't think I clearly I didn't think we'd be here in this sense. But like, I mean, I I really I'm, Sunday is a must win for Golden State because kind of to Rick's point, I also said I'm in the same boat. I said Warriors in six, but I don't know if that holds serve if Boston wins those first two games. Like I, if Boston goes up in this series 2-0, I, I mean, any, it, we've seen it happen in, in in other sports, but I, to me, that's a big lead going back home to like I, Boston's not going to lose all three games at home. Uh, so even if they lost two, I mean, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. Well, at that point, then it's a seven game up, series, but you um, bring up bigger problems then, right? You bring up that means that means there's just a mismatch. Bro. I mean, yeah. it's just a it's a it's a it's a discrepancy in in, in, in the style. The, yeah, Boston style is just is is just better than Golden State has to offer right now. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, I had so my, before the series started, I had Golden State in six, and I said if if Golden State played Miami, I think they'll sweep Miami, and I said they'll beat they'll beat Boston in six. But watching yesterday, I just think. Game one, you know, overact Monday. Like, we mm-hmm. like, we overreact on, on Monday. Okay. I just think the athlete. I, I didn't realize how I knew they were athletic. Like I said earlier, their length and athleticism was just different. Their length and athleticism really caught. At least, in, at least again, we only have one game to look at right now. Their length and athleticism really caused them. Really caused Gold State issues inside because. They were able to take the ball up top, swing it around, and then they they were just they were getting inside. They were getting underneath the Warriors' defense, and they they kind of um, they kind of carved them up a little bit inside. And then to the point that we've all said, really good outside shooting. Don't know if that's going to hold serve next game um, for the Celtics. But you know when you I mean when you're what like what they say. I mean when you're firing on all cylinders, firing all. They definitely had inside outside going last night. Yeah. Yeah. It was a different. It was a different Boston team, but like I said, they looked good in several games, and then come out the next game, you say, "How in the hell does this team even get in the playoffs?" <laughs> it's been it's been a sporadic year for them. Uh, even Golden State, Golden State was down by fifty five to Memphis one one game. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> I mean, yep. Yeah. It's a, a, again. I I think this. I, I will say this. 
I will be I will honestly be surprised if Golden State regardless of winning or losing I would be surprised if they have another fourth quarter like they had last night I mean you can't you can't be the sorry I this may be unfair to them but you can't be the Golden State Warriors and only score 13 points in a quarter like it, it just it, you know you, you you have to be better you're, you're the again you're the Golden State Warriors. Fair or fair or not, you're the Golden State Warriors. You have to be better in the fourth quarter. They'll play better. Clay Clay will have more than 15. I mean, mm-hmm. he'll, he'll have to. I mean, he's he's a scorer, he, but he even looked a little stuff slow. But that could be the layoff too. Uh, he'll play a lot better. Curry, I, I don't expect 34 points. You can't expect more of him. Maybe spread the points out instead of getting all mm-hmm. in one quarter. Spread it out a little bit. Draymond, like Draymond has to score. And Jordan Poole. I mean, if you talk all this time, you love to talk on the court. <laughs> uh, oh, he was talking to, to Pritchard. Pritchard came in and hit two shots and mm-hmm. played guarded you well one time. Took the ball from you, so I mean, you talking to him, you need to back it up. Yep, I I I agree. Do we think? I, I know I've heard a lot of uh, talk as well. That uh, how do you guys feel? Because I don't know if you've heard this talk, but I, I've heard this talk a lot recently. Um, there's people who are saying again. All the accolades, all the championships that that Curry has already won. There's people saying that he needs to have that big signature, uh, um, you know, win where where he carries the team. Uh, like a he has to have that big game where he scores, you know, forty or whatever. Do you guys really think that's necessary, or he just simply needs to win the championship? Do you feel he needs to have that big marquee game where he scores like fifty or? So people are saying, I'm saying, <laughs> I'm saying, <laughs> if you want me to believe in all of the stuff that I've seen, which he's, listen, he's the best shooter we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. There's a doubt now, in my mind, no. right? But if you want to get to that next level, like Martin said, Marvin said, if you want to get with the Magics and the Michaels and Kareem and, you know, Bill Russell and Kobe Mm-hmm. You want to be mentioned with the greats. This is the this is the chance you should do it, right? Like not only score forty or fifty. In, in okay, a, so you do feel that he needs to do both, though. Yeah, it's. Okay. A, I felt the same thing about LeBron till he got to twenty sixteen, right? Like mm-hmm. you've got to go into a series. Like this is a series you are supposed to win, mm-hmm. and not only are you supposed so to just, win it, just winning, just winning is not. He also needs to have that game where he is the man, and we look back in the history books and say that was the game that he won for Golden State that led them to the championship. Yeah, and I thought it was going to be last night. I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, it seemed that way. It really in, did. Todd. Yep. I just said, oh, he's so hot. These mm-hmm. guys don't even know where he is on the court. Oh, this is this is too easy. They're giving it. He's, he's just going to walk through the door. I agree. Yeah, I, agree. I agree to the point where, I'll be brutally honest, I went to sleep in the third quarter. So That's I completely right. agree yeah, with you. Know. Now, he, he didn't play in it, but if, yeah, if he scores 47 yesterday, he wins by one, and then he has his, his game. Yeah, his game, yeah and game I guess that's, ball. yeah, Marvin, that's a good point. So, he, I think he needs a big game. I think he needs to mm-hmm. come out and score. Four, I mean, now, 34 is good, but it wasn't good enough, right? They lost. So, yeah, you might need to come out and score four, have 40 and eight assists or something crazy like that. He just mm-hmm. he just killing them, you know, on the switches. When, when the big guy gets out on him, he hits him with a crossover, yep. a, a fadeaway three. Mm-hmm. Put the game away, put you know, put the game away. He, but he, he knew that yesterday. He kind of, he was guarded really mm-hmm. good in the fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to see him. Like, like he's got to have not just a big game. They've got to win this series. <laughs> if not, it's all for not. Like all the all the Draymond talking, it's all. <laughs> you can't. Yeah, you can't start knocking Hall of Famers off 
off a pedestal and then you really got you know you you your, your last two championships were it's carried by uh just a, a monster offensive monster and, and durant i mean mm-hmm. a twitter yeah. warrior <laughs> yeah i think your first mvp you should have had a defensive guy <laughs> I mean, I took your your first award from you when you beat LeBron them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, maybe you can just be the, the lovable Hall of Famer, but you can't take Magic Johnson and Bird on them off off any list and put them on there if he doesn't do it. Magic Johnson did did his in his rookie year when he played. I agree. Second. Yeah, yep. and he canceled everything after that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and Jordan, you know, he speaks for himself and not those guys so yeah he needs to yeah we're defining even lebron james has a, a career yeah i was gonna say and we can right we can look back right we can we can you 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 make an excellent point marvin we can look back and and we can we know when magic had the big game we know when bird had the the big game we know you know we know when isaiah when kobe like you can look back uh lebron like we we can look back and there are those snapshots of where we instantly know what game was their big defining finals moment? So yeah, I guess when you look at it that way, you guys make a, a good. You both make. Even Clay Thompson has has called yeah. Game Six Clay. I mean, mm-hmm. he has yeah, he, he has a name. Game Six Clay. Curry doesn't have that. It, it, you know, maybe Curry. He's still a Hall of Famer, but mm-hmm. they knock people off a list. Yeah, to do something to get on the list. Mm-hmm. Can't be given. You know, this ain't gonna be given to you. Yeah, I I I agree. Well. Gentlemen, I, I thank you for spending some time with us tonight and, and going over this game. And uh, you know, again, we've we've got a lot of series left. It's it's just game one. Uh, we've got to wait a few days um, now. I really don't like this schedule. I hate the way they do it. Well, uh, you get content, Todd. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I, I do. I, for a podcast. I, I do. You're right. I do. I I, I do get content. So, um, but uh, yeah. So we'll we'll see what happens with with game two, and then uh, as this progresses, if if we need to circle back as a group we'll, we'll we'll most definitely circle back as a group here and, and further discuss this i think i appreciate it and thank you for the patience in and out this this service here and there but i i got it under control it's, now, so. it, it's okay grandpa we love you yeah I'm, I'm, i gotta start worrying about chasing the kid around the house and changing the again. <laughs> <laughs> well i think i thank you for obviously uh, cutting the time out to to spend with us and uh, it was good to, it's good to have you both both on rick it's the first time i've had you on this season marvin you've been like I think this is like your fourth episode out of like eight so far this year already but uh rick it's, it's good to hear your voice again I'm not, as, I'm not as busy as rick i guess yeah. <laughs> good to talk about marvin what do i want to do right like, i had Harden crapping the bed not showing up like listen i couldn't face the firing line on this podcast i was, I was hiding out <laughs> You know when uh, you know when to close them. That's good. That's yeah, it. I, know, I know when I want to come on and talk. Yeah, I gotta, you know, I gotta take smart. my whoopings offline. So that a much more enjoyable conversation. So I I thank you guys. Um, go ahead and 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 have a good rest of your evening. Um, Enjoy your weekend. Um, I guess I'm gonna have a rainy weekend. Apparently, there's there's a tropical storm somewhere heading for me. So um, have a rainy weekend. But you know, again, I'll have well, a finals game to right. watch on Sunday. Hey. Well, we hope you do, unless it becomes a hurricane or something. Hey, right, come right, on, man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that to me. I got to. We got tornadoes down here, so you know we got tornadoes here, and so you never know. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, well, hopefully no tornadoes, no hurricanes, no, no nothing. Everybody have a good weekend and, and get ready. Get ready for game two. I'm, I'm saying now, must win. All right, guys. All right. Uh, I, I, I love you. It was good having you guys on, and we'll talk soon, all right? All right. All right, be well, guys. Hi, I'm Dana, and you might remember me from such random thoughts and best regards episodes as the Great British Bake Off and Explaining True Crime. Todd is as handsome as they come and has a voice to match. And you're listening to Random Thoughts and Best Regards. Listen to in over a dozen countries on Apple, Google, Spotify, and more. Go listen, laugh. All right. It's that time on Random Thoughts and Best Regards where I guess if you don't want any spoilers, you should go ahead and either jump to the next segment or turn me down. Um, But we're going to talk about... The new Disney Plus series, Obi-Wan Kenobi, the third episode dropped, and I'm trying really, really hard to like this series. I want to like this series, but I've got notes, and they are (laughs) killing me. Um, This is not that hard, and I don't understand what's going on here. Uh, This is clearly not Boba Fett or Mandalorian. I'm trying to give it a chance, but they're making it extremely difficult to do so. Uh, And episode three did not make it any easier for me. If you listened to last week's show, you know how I felt about episodes one and two. Uh, Three, 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 three. I I, I got notes. Um, All right. So we're still investing a lot of time in Ben Kenobi rescuing princess leia from her captors princess leia has still not been returned to the organas in episode three i don't understand why so okay here's what i'm struggling with why is obi-wan off of tatooine what why the the ben kenobi that we met in new hope was crazy old ben who lived in the hills uh, the caves of Tatooine dealt with the sand people and all this, right? Like, like that's the Ben Kenobi that you set forth to us in New Hope. Uh, not this Star-Lord character who traverses all over, you know, different galaxies on this ad- adventure. Um, okay, so he rescues Leia. And at that point, why immediately or- Organa is a senator? So why immediately does Obi-Wan not just hit a sensor to Leia's dad, Leia's adoptive father, to send a ship or send, you know, the the uh, the galactic army or, or something to come and get Leia? Because as episode three progresses, they're now trying to escape and they're on service vehicles and service vessels and trade vessels and everything else. It's this whole, it's this whole thing and... You're getting banter. You're getting a relationship built between Obi-Wan and Leia. And my God, they're not supposed to know each other. Leia says, I believe at one point in in, in, in New Hope, uh, and I could be wrong here, but I believe Leia says, you know, um, Ben, you're the only one that can help me. You know, you, you fought with my father in the Clone Wars or, or something along that line. She doesn't say, Ben, you were the guy who saved me when I was a little kid. Like, 
she really doesn't understand who Ben Kenobi is. So now explain to me how she can spend all this time with Ben Kenobi, know he's a Jedi, because he uses the Force to save her, right? She now knows he's a Jedi. How, how are we bridging this gap? Like, how are we creating this narrative now in this world where Leia knows Ben Kenobi? And how are we spinning this that she doesn't know him later on? I mean, for God's sake, in New Hope, when uh, Darth Vader strikes down, and we'll get to this in a second too, when Darth Vader strikes down Obi-Wan, Luke yells Ben. He literally, Ben, right? When, when Vader strikes him down, Leia's right there. There's no reaction out of Leia. Leia has zero reaction when Ben gets struck down. Luke yells his name audibly. Ben! Zero reaction. How, how is that possible for, for the person, like... So either 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 Leia's a cold-hearted bitch in New Hope, right? Because she doesn't care that the guy who saved her from her captors just got cut down. Or we're expected to believe that she didn't realize that that was the same Ben or Obi-Wan. Like, I just, I don't understand how we're supposed to interpret this relationship with, with Ben and Leia when, as far as we've been um, led to believe this entire time, is there, there really is... By the time we get to New Hope, there really is no correlation or recollection of the two knowing each other. Also, we are spending an awful... I, I get it. The kid's cute. The little girl is cute who's playing Leia. But we're spending an awful lot of time on Ben Kenobi's relationship with Leia when the crux of the story has always been about Ben and Luke. We've seen almost zero interactions between Ben and Luke Skywalker except for him looking through a pair of goggles, I think, in the first episode. Uh, at Luke and, and Uncle Owen told him stay away um, but we haven't really seen anything that has to do with Luke it's all been about Ben and Leia's relationship which in the movies is non-existent like I, I just there, there's a lot there I, I don't I don't understand what's going on with that that's frustrating me um, I I don't I don't like I mean I I was stunned in episode three that they have he and vader fight each other so i guess what i thought would happen to some degree is that vader would be a prominent you know character in the show but sort of from the background and i thought obi-wan's uh foils in this series would be the inquisitor and uh you know reva and the fifth brother like i thought that group of inquisitors would be who obi-wan would be battling uh, at this point, I didn't think in episode three we were going to get a fight between he and Vader. Uh, one in which Darth Vader drags Obi-Wan into the fire. So now, here's my problem. Obi-Wan gets dragged into the fire, but nothing happens to his face. So he's in this scorching hot fire that was set by a lightsaber, which, right, who knew lightsabers could, could start a fire? And, and why wasn't this done sooner? Um, but Obi-Wan gets dragged into this fire... And there's no burns to his face. There's burns on his arms and his shoulders. Um, so I guess what they're going to do is play it off as, oh, that's why he wore the robes, because it covered the burns. But there's no burns to his face. When in Revenge of the Sith, when this happens to Anakin, immediately we see hair loss and scarring to the face. So it just it there's a lot of inconsistencies that I don't like. And also, why are Vader and Obi-Wan fighting each other? It's the point that I said we were going to circle back with. The whole premise of Ben's character in New Hope was that 
he was kind of intentionally ducking having to see Vader again, having to deal with Anakin again. Like he 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 was he did not want to fight him. He did not have to want to confront those demons, so to speak. Um, and to the point where, and again, I've gone back and, and I watched this because I was having this conversation with a friend and my friend actually went back and watched it and he goes, you know what, Todd, you're right. This, I, I do have questions now too. In New Hope, Vader literally walks up. So, so Obi-Wan finally realizes he can't, he can't dodge Vader anymore. He has to deal with them and, and they're on the Death Star and, and Vader says, we meet again at last then goes on to say the circle is now complete when i left you i was but a learner now i'm a master when i left you i was but a learner meaning he was his apprentice as a jedi meaning it was when obi-wan left him in revenge of the sith for essentially dead because obi-wan thought anakin died there there's not supposed to be all these interactions in the middle. Like, this makes no sense now that they're having all these interactions. And and if this was the fight, like, there can't be more fights. Because nothing can ever outduel what happened in New Hope. Because that's the epic conclusion of that is their epic battle. As, as non-epic as it may look when you go back and watch it now... In the canon, in the story, that is the final showdown between these two. The long-awaited final encounter. Nothing in between can top that. And I'm fearful for what this series is going to do when it comes to that. Because I feel like we're going to get another encounter between Vader and Obi-Wan. And I, I it, how are they going to explain this? I just, th- there's just a lot of things I don't understand. I'm going to go back to the fact I don't understand why Ben is just not on Tatooine and why we are not getting the story of crazy old Ben in the caves, what he's been doing, how he's been trying to commune uh, with Qui-Gon, how he's been watching Luke from a distance. I don't understand why we're not seeing what Anakin has been doing since the 10 years has passed, um, like his evolution as Vader. Like I don't, I don't understand why we've jumped right into this uh, again, this this Star Lord type character who's traversing the galaxy, you know, fighting with Vader all over the place, and Vader is is chasing after him, and who knows where the Emperor is? We haven't seen him yet in this series, so he's off, I guess, doing Emperor stuff. Who knows? Um, and you know, they've got this cool group, the Inquisitors, which I really feel they could do something with. They, I feel they could have made this entire series about the Inquisitors searching through Tatooine trying to find Ben, um, but not. Um, we had Reva kill the Grand Inquisitor. Um, and, you know, now there's a power struggle between the fifth brother, um, which is Sung Kang, for those who are, are fans of the Fast and the Furious uh, franchise, as the actor Sung Kang playing that fifth brother role. Um, but they're kind of in a power struggle now as to who's going to take over the Inquisitors. And I will say this, um, play this game because it's a lot of fun. Um, there's, a tense, there's, a, there's a tenseness between the fifth brother and, and Reva as to, you know, obviously who's going to take over the Inquisitor there. So there's a tone and there's a way that all the lines are delivered um, by the fifth brother to, to Reva and play this game. Like literally every line when he's done saying it, give it, give it a, like a three count beat, go 
three, two, one, or go dot, 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 and then say, bitch. Um, and it fits perfectly. Like, he should be saying bitch at the end of every line. Like, his cadence and everything is perfect for it. It's almost like, it's almost like they're not going to say it, but they're like, but you know what we're saying. You you, you know what's going on here. He's, he's completely given her, like, the bitch tone. It's I'm telling you, do it. It'll, you'll have a lot of fun. Go back, and any time the fifth brother is speaking to Reva, let him say his line. Go three, two, one. Give it a pause. Three, two, one. Bitch, it works perfect. I'm telling you, do it. It's fun. Um, but so let's talk about them for a minute, because here's also where I have an issue in 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 this third episode. So we find out that there's this essential, for lack of a better term, there's a tunnel system, right? So almost like an underground uh, railroad for for Jedi's that that are still out there. Also, I'm really confused, right? Because I thought Ben and Yoda were like the last of the Jedi's and Luke, which we don't know about yet, but um, you know, he's be- him and Leia are being hidden for their Jedi powers. Um, and so you, you, we would thought that the entire um, Jedi uh, race had been wiped out with the exception of, you know, Ben and Yoda. And, and perhaps if, if you want to go the comic book route or, or excuse me, the cartoon route, you could say that Ahsoka is still, uh, somewhere out there, but most of the Jedi's have been killed. Well, apparently not in Obi Wan Kenobi. We just got Jedi's running around everywhere. We got we got Jedi's finding Ben and and telling Ben that he needs to step forward. Uh, we, we've got Jedi's turning to the dark side to become Inquisitors. Apparently, Reva was a Jedi who turned to the dark side. Uh, we've gotten you know a tunnel system where Jedi's are just running around all willy nilly trying to escape. I just I really don't understand what's going on. I I, I really need a roadmap at this point for this re- revisionist history i guess i'll call it and what's crazy is they did such a good job with rogue one of going backwards and writing a story i just I, i'm i just i just i'm i'm gonna hold out faith that somewhere in the next three episodes they're gonna go somewhere that's gonna make me feel good about this but right now i'm just i'm not feeling good so anyway we've got this underground tunnel system which is essentially one long cylinder tunnel like that that's we're not led to believe anything else they're not there's no nothing that that does not make us believe that there is not just this one long tunnel, right? Somehow, now we get introduced to a character named Tia in this episode. So somehow, Tia, Reva, and Leia are all in this tunnel system, but somehow, none of them cross each other's path. It's one long tunnel. The three of them are separately doing their thing. And yet, somehow, two of the three don't even cross paths. It just, the, the cohesion is not there. Like, I, I, I just, continuity, man. Like, the continuity in the storytelling is just not there. Um, and it's just, I, I watch this and I'm like, come on. Like, this, like I, I mean, I realize it's a different group. Um... You know, but Boba Fett and, and Mandalorian are just running circles uh, from from a continuity and a storytelling standpoint. And and there's another one too, which I, I laugh my ass off. Uh, if you guys are familiar with this episode, so right they're they're on the uh, farmer, I think it was a farmer transport, whatever, wherever they're they're going, right? Uh, ben and Leia are, are going, uh, and they come to a a, a stormtrooper checkpoint where Frank, who was the driver of the the caravan actually like uh rats them out and 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 kind of turns them into the stormtroopers so then anyway right you know um 
Obi-Wan yeah, he kills all the, the, the Jedi, uh, kills all the, excuse me, kills all the stormtroopers, uh, gets some help from Tia, and then they're trying to figure out how to get past this laser barrier, which again, there was a cool scene where a stormtrooper fell on top of the, like, the laser gate and gets cut in half, all very cool, I'm not denying you that, uh, but, but as you're watching it, right, Ben's trying to turn off this laser gate so they can get through, number one, this gate is only about three feet high, like, he's a, he's a freaking Jedi, man, like, I'm pretty sure he could jump over it. Like, he could pick... This thing is literally three feet high. Like, he could pick up Leia and jump over it. Number two, as they widen out to a wide shot, he... There's literally nothing... Like, you could walk around. They pull out to a wide shot, and I just laugh my ass off because there's wide open spaces where you could just walk around the gate. So I was like, why were they even bothered trying to shut it off? When all they had to do was walk two feet, and they were in the clear. Um, again, just the continuity in, in, in this is, is, I'm just really struggling with it. Um, and again, there's just, I, I, I don't like the frequency that we're seeing Obi-Wan and Vader interact with each other. It's just not consistent with New Hope. I, I don't, uh, I, 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 I don't like the fact it's really bugging me that Obi-Wan's off Tatooine this long. Like it really, I, I, I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand why Obi-Wan and Luke have not had more interactions in this series um again i i don't i didn't understand the whole tunnel scene with reva and tia and leia how 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 they tried to explain the fact that nobody bumped into each other uh through that like there's just there's a lot of of wildness going on my only hope is what i'm thinking is maybe they rushed us to this point so we're this third episode right and we only have three left it's i believe it's going to be six episodes so what I'm thinking now is they've gotten they've got us to this point, right? We had this we had this battle with Darth Vader and, and Obi-Wan. Maybe now in episodes four and five, maybe not six, but maybe in episodes four and five, we take a step backwards and they show us kind of in a in a flashback method uh, or, or a look back method of 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 what Ben has been doing prior to this or, or what Anakin has been doing as Lord Vader prior to this. Like, like we go now, we go backwards a little bit and we do some backwards storytelling and then they bring us forward again in episode six. Um, but I don't know. I'm, I'm really worried. And I, I just feel that we have spent an ungodly amount of time on a relationship between Ben and Leia. And unless Ben and Leia, uh, and unless Leia bumps her head at some point in life and has amnesia, I just don't understand how you explain New Hope uh, and her zero reaction to when Vader cuts down uh, Obi-Wan. I mean, Luke yells Ben. So whether she knew him as Obi-Wan Kenobi or Ben Kenobi, like one of the, like, I I just, it's uh, it's awkward. It's awkward at this point. So I'm really curious. I'm going to give him a chance. I hope they go somewhere with it. I hope they dig us out of a hole. But right now I feel like we're in a hole. And I really, really want to like this series. Um, again, uh, I love, I, I think I've always said Return of the Jedi is my favorite Star Wars movie, but Revenge of the Sith is right behind it. Um, I, I, and, uh, you know, I really like what they did with Rogue One. Rogue One's a favorite of mine, too, where they did some, you know, kind of backwards storytelling. Um, and I feel like they had this opportunity with Obi-Wan, and I feel like they could have done so much cool stuff with it especially since it's a limited series. Um, 
and I think they're just missing the mark, honestly. And it's a little disappointing. Uh, it, is, it is definitely not what I thought it was going to be. I'm holding out hope that it will get better and it will finish strong. But as of right now, at least three episodes in, it's uh, certainly not what I thought it was going to be. And, and I have more, more questions uh, than answers right now. All right, that is going to do it for this episode of Random Thoughts and Best Regards. I want to thank everybody for joining us this week and encourage you to come back and do it again next show. So with that, remember, tomorrow is a new day with no mistakes. Stay positive, test negative. Do what you know is right, regardless of the choices others make. Say I love you, stay safe, stay healthy, be kind to one another, don't count the days, make the days count. Remember to look down the side streets because that's where the best stories are. And when you come to the fork in the road, take it. Thanks for listening to my dad's show.